It's a dreadful call and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The EPL break started this weekend and will be longer than expected for a few teams. Everton's second half surge continued as they beat Crystal Palace this weekend 3-1. Brighton and Watford drew, which we predicted. Sheffield United moved up to fifth place as they got a win over struggling Bournemouth. And we have big rumors about Chelsea and Liverpool involving the transfer market as a huge weekend approaches, including a tasty Wolves versus Leicester matchup on Valentine's Day and a Chelsea-Manchester United matchup coming on Monday. Welcome back to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. we got Alex Moss in here today. No Javier. Unfortunately, scheduling sometimes be like that. But Alex, how are we doing today? Good. Very good. And honestly, Javier can sit out as many Premier League pods as he wants. We've got to get the three of us for Champions League because that's starting next week yes. and the week after. And I actually think the first round of Champions League knockout games is my favorite podcast to do every year. And we can start saying that oh, yeah. now because we're in year four. Yeah, so, we can say that. So yeah, round of sixteen, <laughs> round of sixteen. It's where it really counts. we got a track record at this time. It's like really, it's kind of tough to predict whoever you whoever gets the most picks right that round usually holds on because obviously the opportunities to make up uh, ground diminish, but um, and they become a bit more predictable, kind of. So yeah, the, this first knockout round of games, I'm I'm really excited for it. It's probably one of the best slates in a long time. Probably our next pod coming after this one will be a little EPL recap and some Champions League preview. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, not going to lie, did not watch a lot of the Premier League this past weekend. It was a great weekend around the continent, but uh, we had we had a great matchup in the Bundesliga with Rebel Leipzig and Bayern drawing. You had the Milan derby, which was bananas, 4-2 to Inter. Barcelona had a great game against Betis, and PSG had a nice game against Lyon. So didn't watch a lot of England, but Everton got a 3-1 win over Crystal Palace. They continue to come in a nice form under Carlo Ancelotti in the second half of the season they're still above a bunch of teams and they look like they're a little bit in resurgent not sure if they're going to make Europe but we'll see how they play out and there's their bigger games coming up the rest of the season Brighton got a 1-1 draw with Watford we did talk about this game being a potential draw but we talked about a lot more goals in this than expected and of course it has the fewest goals of any game this weekend obviously good call Alex good call yeah yeah uh and the Manchester City game against West Ham got washed out due to a tropical storm that hit England, so they had to cancel that game, which means I think that was a sign from God that the bet that I put in, which was the three or four goals to be scored in Manchester City to win, wasn't going to hit. So I think God just gave me a second chance on that one because I had the bet in, and it got canceled with the rain out. So uh, we'll see about uh, – there was a lot of con- uh, controversy about when they are going to play that game it's, because it's been of rescheduled. City's- yeah, to next Wednesday, City, a week from today. Yep, yep. Uh, City have like the FA Cup and the Champions League coming up, so like there's a ton of congestion for them. So they're just sticking it next Wednesday. 
and that gets us to Sheffield United's 2-1 victory over Bournemouth. There was some controversy that came out of this game with uh, one of the Bournemouth players chirping at the at the referee, John Moss. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can look up online. I really don't want to get into it that much. But what I do want to reference this game is with the victory, Sheffield moving to fifth place. It's technically, you know, it's, it's all a technicality right now because they've played one more game than a bunch of other teams like Manchester United and, and Wolves, for example. But if Sheffield United finish in a European spot, is Chris Wilder your manager of the year? He's been my manager of the year for a while now. Okay. And, you know, I, I, it's kind of like you've been waiting. And I'm not doing this to, to like, I don't know, undermine Klopp. If they, if they give it to Klopp, and they probably will, I won't put up an argument about it. But what was the one prediction that everyone kind of agreed upon before this season? Sheffield United was going down. Yeah. And, like badly. And, you know, I'm not, I, I watch a decent amount of, championship probably more than like the average american uh football follower but admittedly that's usually due to like selfish reasons of watching teams that are like heavily laden with chelsea loanies um and you know i've watched i've watched a few sheffield united games last year and the thing that i came away from watching them was that they're different they're 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 weird to play against they're tough to play against when you've got like a uh, a congested fixture list and You've got three games in the span of six days, and then one of those games is away Sheffield or even home Sheffield. I, I, like I thought, it, 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 I didn't think that would translate so well, and I think, and I don't feel bad about uh, being wrong about that because everyone else pretty much was wrong. I don't think even Sheffield United fans who had way more confidence in their team and and Chris Wilder going into this season than anyone else did. I don't think they could have even dreamed that they would be in this position in mid February. So. Um, even if they finish in the top half of the table, which I think at this point it would be pretty disappointing for them uh, uh, from this point on if that happened. But even if it does, I still think Chris Wilder is the manager of the of the, of the season. He, he's he's done an amazing job, and he just signed a new extension there, so it looks like he's fully committed to trying to build off of whatever the season ends up being. Um, but yeah, it, like you can weigh up what Klopp's accomplishments at the end of the season. Like they'll probably, they'll definitely, uh, they'll definitely overcome Wilder's. But then, the, the resources Wilder has to work with and what he's done with them, I think, is just as, if not more, impressive. And the consistency with which they've done it, they had a few few hiccups for a game or two here and there. But other than that, man, they've just been chugging along, getting three points here and there, getting draws when sometimes they deserve to lose. It's it's been Against super big impressive. Teams too. Yeah, absolutely. And th- there's there's been games arguably the the home game against Liverpool and the and I, I think the home game against was it United. They uh, they were up big and gave up that lead and then against Liverpool they only lost 1-0 but probably had the better of the chances. And you're thinking if they get the results in those games, then they're above Chelsea right now. And it's yeah. it's it's an insane season from a team. I, I honestly I've heard some comparisons to like the Leicester team that won the league in terms of I think it was just a really basic comparison of like making this big of a jump this quickly from year to year. But I would probably equate it to like a discount version of Wolves, you know, because Wolves were kind of like a curveball last year that people you know, you, you knew they were playing in a three four three or three five two, but they brought in players at the last minute and changed it up and and could present like a number of different like looks and things that were just difficult to deal with like randomly out of a thirty eight game season. So 
I probably would liken them to Wolves a bit more, but on such a shoestring budget comparatively. Absolutely. I mean, Wolves spent a ton of money on a lot of the players that got them up to the Premier League and then invested even more heavily after that. So, yeah, I would agree. And and I would agree with you, too, as a Liverpool fan. And I know Klopp has won, I think, Premier League Manager of the Month almost every single month, with the exception of uh, the month that Frank did it. But uh, I think the only reason you give Klopp Manager of the Year at this point over Chris Wilder as if they go invincible because of the way that they will go invincible too because they're not going they're not going to pick up the 12 draws that Arsenal had than when they went invincible like I don't I don't know if there's are, are there even there's like 14 games left or 13 games left they're they're not going to draw all of them so I, I think that's the only way you have to get it to Klopp, but I think even Klopp himself would recognize what Wilder's done. It's It's been fantastic. The, the fact that they're out here, they're on 39 points right now through 26 games. They're above Tottenham, Everton, Manchester United, Wolves, and Arsenal right now as teams that are competing for that fifth spot, and they're two points behind Chelsea going into the weekend, which is just astounding for, again, a team that all three of us had slated to go down, and they've been, they've been warriors. They haven't always been fun to, to watch, but they've been effective and efficient and uh as like i've said on the pod plenty of times if you can get them at plus money take them because it's stealing at that point let's get speaking of plus money let's get right into the weekend or lack thereof wolves take on leicester friday afternoon at three o'clock not sure if i'm gonna get to watch this game no i'll be betting on this game but uh it is valentine's day as as uh as you know, so not sure exactly what my viewing schedule is going to be, but I'm excited for this. I think this has the capability of actually being the best game of the quote-unquote weekend. I know Chelsea-Manchester United isn't until Monday, but I think Wolves-Leicester has the ability to be a little bit more open and a little bit more dangerous than Chelsea-Manchester United. I do like Wolves in this game as it's at home. Wolves won against Leicester there last year. Leicester and Wolves have both been kind of up and down. They've both had a fair amount of tough games on the schedule, but I I don't know. I feel like Leicester and Wolves kind of match up well against each other, and I know Wolves have been one of those teams where they'll go down early 1-0 and then come fighting back and roaring back and and score. Um, but I'm going to take Wolves in the money line. On the money line is a plus 155. Wolves both the score is, uh, at plus 410. I think I might put five on both of those, to be to be totally honest, because I like both of them a lot. Yeah, maybe even take a look at the uh, over-under or the over-on goals because I remember this this fixture last year, I think was my favorite uh, non-Chelsea Premier League game of the season. It was, I think it was 3-2 uh, or maybe even 4-3. It was super high scoring and Wolves scored. It was 4-3. 4-3, yeah. Jota scored in like the last minute to win it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was just a great game. It was, Leicester weren't on the trajectory that they're on now. Uh, I think God, who was the manager there last year before Rogers came in? I'm even like blanking on who they're. Uh, <laughs> like it's such a stark like contrast. It was still Claude Puel. It was Cla- Claude Puel then, and you know it was one of those games. Leicester did well to like stay in it, but eventually they just made enough mistakes uh, that that Wolves were able to you know get the get the win. But it's a pretty stark stylistic contrast between that Leicester and this Leicester, but the. The shift, I don't think, dissuades uh, you, me, or anyone else who's uh, thinking of betting on this one from thinking that there's going to be a lot of goals. You know, Wolves, you may be able to categorize them as like a defensive counterattacking side, but they can score goals with the best of them. And, you know, and Leicester's defense, as good as it is and as improved as it's been this season, going away to Wolves, I wouldn't be surprised if they let in two, maybe even three goals uh, again this season, playing a, that little bit more open attacking style. 
Uh, the over under two and a half goals is at plus one hundred six. The over under three and a half goals is plus two seventy. Yeah, take that. Yeah, I'm taking the two and a half. I'm e- the two and a half. That's that's free money right there. That's what that is. So get that get that one in quickly because that one could move. And I mean, it's it's also it's a Friday game. So keep that in mind. You got to get that one in earlier this week. And that's a crucial game for both sides. Honestly, the draw isn't the draw is good for Leicester. It's bad for Wolves because, like I said, they're on 35 points. They're trailing Sheffield by four points. And they're trailing Chelsea by six. So a win here for Wolves would be very big for a potential run at a Champions League, especially with um, with the Manchester United Chelsea game coming up and the opportunity for Chelsea to maybe drop points or to not take all three points in that game. We'll get to that in a little bit. You've got the early game on Saturday. Which is going to, they're doing a 7 30, 12 30 slate. They did that last weekend. They're doing it again this weekend. You got Southampton Burnley, which is the Andrew Pissarro not waking up for that one. But, uh, that one could that could be decent. Both of those teams doing pretty well right now. But let's move to Norwich, who take on Liverpool. This one is at Norwich this time. As you guys remember, the opening game of the season was Liverpool taking on Norwich and winning 4-1. That was a game that, that Allison got injured in. And you know what I love for this game is Liverpool to keep a clean sheet. That's at plus 102. Our defense is humming. I know Norwich haven't really been out there scoring a ton of goals of late. I know this is at home for them, but I have a feeling Liverpool's defense, which has been a good good rhythm they're heading into Atletico Madrid they're they're gonna boss this game and I I like that Liverpool to keep a clean sheet I also feel like this could this game could get away from Leicester again or from from Norwich again I've got Liverpool to score three or more at plus 110 I've also like Liverpool to win and three or four goals in the match that's the double chance we talked about that on the pod last week that's at plus 170 so I I think this one could be I I think this is one of those games that a guy like Mo Salah or Sadio Mane who could return for this game are going to look at and say hey I want that golden boot again this is a game where the defenses have been light and they might be able to do something yeah, I, about it. Yeah, I haven't looked at the golden boot stand. I know Salah's got uh, – he's had a little boost to his tally the last two weeks just because he's in my fantasy team. Um, but I just kind of assumed golden boot was kind of wrapped up with Vardy taking that lead. I just haven't looked at it for a while. But He's on 17. Mosala, uh, he's on 17. Aguero's on 16. Danny Ng's on 14 along with Aubameyang, Salah, Rashford. Tammy on 13. Calvert Lewin on eleven, Raheem Sterling on eleven, and Sadio Mane on eleven. Yeah, so it's it's wide open. Yeah, it's wide open, and this could be the classic Mo Salah hat trick game where he just like puts Norwich on their ass and and yes, please storms right back into into the Golden Boot conversation to try to win third straight. Is, is your is your Champions League game coming up next next midweek or the one after? Because ours is the, the um, one after. We're on the eighteenth, so we're playing Norwich. So next on week, fifteenth, and then we. Yeah, and then we travel to Atleti. No rotation, so that's, or are they using the the break as the rest, and then using this as like not a tune up game because it obviously still means something. But let's face it, it's a tune up game. Norwich are. I think I not think good they'll run year. the regular roster out. To be honest, the only que- the only the question I have is Sadio Mane because he's obviously coming off that hamstring injury, and if he's not a hundred percent, I think he kind of comes on for like the last twenty five minutes or whatever. They'll throw a Rigi or. Uh, Oxide Chamberlain, who's been in great form out there. Uh, so I would not bet on Sadio Mane to score any time, but uh, definitely Mo Salah. I, I, you know, captaining in, in the weekend for fantasy might be... Uh, well, it's already be locked because the game week started last week. So too late, guys. I'm already on it, though. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, I, I'm expecting I'm expecting a plethora of goals in this game to be over by the 60th minute for Liverpool. Um and I would like that quite a lot as they would uh, move on to 76 points on the season. Not, not a big deal. Aston Villa take on Tottenham 
on Sunday morning. Villa gave Spurs a, 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 some trouble the last time they played. Uh, the first game of the season? Yes. I think yes. it's fair to say a lot's changed since then. <laughs> but Yeah, quite a, quite a few things have changed. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know. this has proven to, I mean, other than when City went there, this has proven to be a pretty difficult ground for pretty much everyone in the league to go to. Um, that, that that's I'm holding out hope that there's some kind of draw or something. Um, I, I think Chelsea still have to go to Villa Park, and I'm not, you know, I'm probably not going to be expecting a win from that. But, you know, it's just another test for this new-look Tottenham team uh, that we talked about a little week, uh, a little bit after that last uh, uh, Manchester City result that they that they had where, you know, they're, they're, they're forced without Kane to, uh, to play this more mobile, switchable lineup up front with Son and Berwin and uh, Bergwijn, my bad, and uh, and Lucas Mora, and you know, and they've got maybe not as much steel in midfield as they as they maybe used to have under Pochettino, but Giovanni Lo Celso, it's undeniable that he's starting to find his form and get get a little bit more uh, rhythm and consistent performances. Uh, and now that Ericsson's left, and pretty much the keys to the what would you call it? Would you call it a Lamborghini? No, you wouldn't call it a Lamborghini. You'd call it like a like a like a Corvette. The keys to the Corvette. He got, you know, it's yeah, not quite Corvette, the top sure. level car, but you know, it's a good car. It still, still looks good every now and then, and you know, makes people turn and go, "Oh wow, look at look at Tottenham. They're playing pretty well." Uh, metaphors, everyone, come to the go- yeah. come for the soccer, stay for the metaphors. We <laughs> uh, love a good metaphor here on this podcast. Uh, yeah, so I'm. I'm uh, this is one of those games that I'll be holding out hope as a Chelsea fan that Tottenham, you know, just have an off day, concede an early goal, and you know, struggle to scrape a point. But you know, I could see Villa just continue to kind of capitulate. It's kind of coming down to the last, the last chance saloon for them too, uh, for their, uh, their 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 chances of staying up. And then, then you know, it's pr- plenty open. They just have to start like racking up a couple of results in a row. I still haven't put that relegation bet in on what was it Norwich. Uh, we had. We had Norwich, West Ham, and we had Aston Villa, right? Yeah. Well, good thing I didn't put it in because it's up to plus six fifty. So okay. The only one we could do is Norwich, Watford, Aston Villa is at plus five hundred too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go in on that. I'm guessing Javier wouldn't either. I'm guessing both of us yeah. are kind of back on Watford, even though they're not. You know, out of this. Out of the. Yeah, they're not completely out of uh, out of it yet. Yeah. But you know, you you see more from then. Than you do from definitely West Ham on a week to week basis, and definitely, uh, uh, oh, whom, who am I thinking of? I'm kind of I'm kind of thrown because there's so many teams to pick. Bournemouth keep being inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, Villa keep being inconsistent, and then who's the last one? Uh, Brighton, Brighton, and you know they, they they're in a better position than most of those other teams, and they haven't necessarily been losing a ton of games. But they just finished a pretty easy run of games and racked up draws in most of them when, you know, they really had a chance to, you know, push themselves away from that bottom pack. And now they're coming in probably to like the harder stretch of their season where if if they continue to not turn those draws into wins, they could get seriously uh, pulled down into that. And there's, there's still only like five points above it right now or four points, something like that. So... Yes, I mean, who did you want to settle on? You wanted obviously Norwich, West Ham. I feel like because we talked yep. about how difficult their schedule is, and they still have that mm-hmm. away that away city game to play. Did we say Villa? Was that the third team? Yeah, I'm fine to stick with that because of the injuries. But you know, we talked about it on the pod, and I never put it in. And last week is at plus five fifteen. It's moved up to plus six fifty. 
And we still have the future on, I think it's the Burnley one, which is probably... That's not happening. We got it at plus 1,000. It's not happening at this point, which sucks. Um, I do want to mention Aston Villa to draw Spurs at plus 280. Yeah, sure. Take it. I mean, I don't have the guy's name pulled up right now, but people seem to be pretty big on this... What was he, Zambian, the 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 center forward they signed once Wesley got injured? Oh yeah, I know who you're talking your, about. Your 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 oh, Wi-Fi is better than mine. Pull it up. <laughs> mine. Well, I'm on. I'm also on FotMob right now. Uh, you talking about Mbamwa Samada? Yeah, Samada. That's it. Where's yeah. he from? He, he I uh, I think it is Zimbabwe. And I'm pretty sure they signed Zimbabwe? him from Gank. Okay. Who's yeah, he's they signed him from Gank, who uh, he scored against Liverpool in the Champions League. No, no, that would have been. Uh, oh no, he's first of all, he's Tanzania. He's he's from Tanzania, not Zimbabwe. Okay, I said Zambia and, yeah, at first, so you know. Okay. We said two different countries before we got it right, but yeah, well, um, first Tanzanian, first Tanzanian to play in the Premier League. Good to know. <laughs> uh, he's and he scored in his league debut, and yes, yes the point is Tanzania. you're relying on that guy to get you the goals, and you know. McGinn is out also. It, it's going to be a rough run. It's going to be a rough one. I've kind of doubted Villa for most of the season, and at times they've made me feel not great about it. But I, I still feel like overall, like coming down to this last stretch of the season, I just I, I kind of like the experience uh, of a couple of those other teams that they're, they're 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 kind of sitting around a little bit more than I like uh, Villa's chances. But you know, they're, they're a weird see. team to predict. We're on the we're on the Jack Grealish goodbye tour, I think. To be totally honest, where where he's gonna just score against all these top teams, and then like somebody's gonna sign him for like a ridiculous amount of money. Probably too much, because, but he's good. Yes, he's, he's good. Yes, him and his him and his uh, youth soccer player shins shin uh, shin. You never know; he might just have the Zaha career if he keeps them up. Obviously, if they go down, he's leaving immediately. Yeah, he's leaving. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to Arsenal, who take on Newcastle. That's at Sunday. It's on Sunday at eleven thirty. This one's at the Emirates. I like Arsenal in this game. I think this is like an opportunity for them to kind of like, if they get through this one easily, I maybe will consider thinking Arsenal might be able to make a run. But I don't think it's gonna be easy. But Newcastle are in a kind of a safe place right now, where they've done enough. But I don't know if they're gonna go to Arsenal and get points. But then again, at the beginning of the season, they went to Spurs and got point or got a point. So or I think they got all three. Yeah, they beat they beat Spurs. It sucks that they can't wear that orange kit in this game again because obviously Arsenal are going to wear the the home reds but uh it, I feel like this could be a decent Sunday after Sunday mid-morning game. Yeah, the I mean this is the kind of game there's been a couple now for Arsenal, but you know, next one up this still applies. If Arsenal are quote back, air quotes, back, you go out and you beat Newcastle. You go out and you beat them 1-0 at home or 2-1, whatever it is. Not you don't need to you don't need to smash them. You just need enough to get three points, and for you to not be the first game shown on match of the day that week, and everyone to be talking about oh how great Newcastle were sitting so deep and being so disciplined defensively. Like that's that's the nightmare for any of the top six teams playing against Newcastle. I just lived it a few weeks ago. I knew it was coming. It still hurt just as much as if I didn't know it was coming. But you know, the Newcastle just. You know, there's a number of teams in the Premier League, if they're not like one of the upper echelon teams, there's a number of teams at the bottom of the table and maybe even mid-table that you think if they're just on this day, they could maybe, you know, frustrate any team in the league and beat them, bar Liverpool. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but you know, it's 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 right there for the taking for Newcastle. I mean, we've talked about some of the new signings. I've liked them uh, uh, so far, even though they went and got a nil-nil draw with Norwich and they're in a couple of their debuts. Um, but you know, it's. I, I I would probably throw around. I haven't looked at the odds because I just haven't had time today. But I would probably uh, inch towards maybe a new uh, a draw. That might be a, it's a plus three sixty. Yeah, why not? Why not a nil nil or a one one plus three sixty? It's good enough odds. Yeah, it's pretty decent odds. A a draw and both to score is at plus five hundred. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know my policy. If you're going to predict draw, unless you're yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna predict a draw outright, then just take it with both to score. You know why? Why would you, why yeah. would you bet for a nil nil? That's not fun. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Have, yeah. Get your head. It's out like taking mouth, the under, obviously. right? Yeah. It, it, the life is too short to to bet the under. That's not my quote. That's at Barstool Big Cat on Twitter. Uh, but <laughs> um, no free yeah, plugs. No, I, <laughs> I feel like the Sunday slate. I I think the Aston Villa Tottenham game is gonna be more fun to watch, but I. I don't know. Arsenal Newcastle could sneakily be okay. I think it's a bigger result for Arsenal than it is for Newcastle. They have to take advantage of 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 a of a, a lesser team coming to the Emirates. They have to take advantage of this. Uh and that gets us to Monday, where three PM, Chelsea, Manchester United. Why is this why is this on Monday? Because it's President's Day. I'm hyped, baby. Oh. I'm hyped. I went uh, you I there's never been I'm a off. bigger swing. In my entire life, uh, on my attitude towards uh, the scheduling of a game, then earlier this week when I was looking at the schedule for the weekend, and I saw the Monday time slot and went, God damn it, and then got to work and immediately saw my calendar, President's Day, my office is closed. So, you know, that was a real mood booster on a Monday morning. You know, it it really turned my day and maybe even my week around. And that week could instantly come to a, a crashing halt if we lose this game, like we have both other Manchester United games this season. Uh, but the good news is there's no Marcus Rashford. So he seems to be the main guy that we have trouble with. He seems to show up for all these big games, especially against Chelsea. That's something we're going to have to deal with for years and years to come. Uh, but he's not going to be there this time, which is why I'm pretty confident we're going to win. I kind of like the draw, but I will say the fact that there is no Marcus Rashford is huge. And the other fun fact is that Odie Nagala was supposed, was told to stay away from Manchester United's warm weather training because of wherever they were and the fact that he's coming from China and the whole coronavirus. Jeez. The guy signs for Manchester United and his dream club that he grew up supporting, and then he gets quarantined before he can even get on the training pitch. What's worse, the fact that Manchester United signed Odie Nagala or the fact that he had to get quarantined for potential coronavirus outbreak at Manchester United? I mean, I'm being I'm being over the top saying quarantine, but you know, it's it's right. It's funny, kind of. Yeah, that's no, not. People ha- are dying. Health wise, health wise, how are Chelsea going to this game? It's been kind of under the radar. It's been under the radar that Christian Pulisic's been out and or not. Well, that's been out, but I haven't seen a lot of reports about him coming back, especially stateside, which is kind of surprising. But uh, what's the health of Chelsea walking into this game? How how healthy are the lads? I think Pulisic is only. The only real one that there's uh, a serious doubt about, obviously Ruben Loftus Cheek, he, he's like slowly coming uh, like back into training, and it's kind of up in the air whether he'll play again this season or if they'll just try to wait it out and get him back 100 percent in a full preseason uh, 
this summer. I mean, I would love Pulisic back. The, the main reason I'm so optimistic about this game is because it's fresh off of the the, the two-week break. And it if any team got a two-week break, it was Chelsea. We played the first game of the week before the break, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. And then we played the last game, well, before this Manchester City game got rescheduled. But we played the final game on Monday. So we got like 16 days, basically, to rest. Um, yeah. I, I, Pulisic, probably not back. Probably Willian and Callum Hudson-Odoi, Tammy Abraham up front. Um, and you can kind of uh, hazard a guess of what the three midfield play- who the midf- three midfield players are going to be. Um, but I mean, it's 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 that, and honestly, the fact that looking at the schedule before this season, I'm, I I think I made a comment in our previews that this period of the season, you could see it from as early as July, whenever the schedules were released. We knew this period of our season and this this two three game or four game stretch in the Premier League was going to be absolutely pivotal all those months before. And we knew that if we got out of our Champions League group, it's very highly likely we were going to be coming up against a team of Bayern Munich's caliber right in the middle of this Premier League run where we have Manchester United at home, Tottenham at home after this next weekend, obviously Bayern Munich home again. And then after... No, you got Bournemouth You got well, Bournemouth no, Bayern away. Munich, Bayern Munich is in between Tottenham home oh, and then right. Bournemouth away. And Bournemouth away, I was going to get to, is that... We've been creamed there the last like two or three years, so it's not it's as bad as Bournemouth are this year. They've beaten us at Stamford Bridge earlier this season. They're very clearly like one of our like bogey teams. So it's it's an absolutely pivotal uh, stretch of the season. But I I like that it's all condensed. I, I'm, I'm you know take this as a spin if you want. Be spinning it to be favorable to Chelsea. But I like that it's all condensed into this three weeks. We have two weeks to prep for it. Uh, we're getting a little bit uh, healthier. Reese uh, James came back for that Leicester City game, and you know hasn't haven't heard about any other like injury knocks to him or anyone else uh, d- during the break. So uh, I think it's I think it's the it's the perfect time for this Chelsea team to you know just take the season by the scruff of the neck and seal up top four. You know it's. If you if you asked me if we were going to be in this position, if you asked me if I wanted to be in this position at this point of the season, I would have said one hundred percent yes, and you know, just ride with it and see if these some of these young players can come of age. It shouldn't be looked who's at gonna, as a negative. Is my point. Who's going to be the guy for Chelsea on 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 Monday? I think it's Tammy. Yeah, you know he's done it. He's done it against Arsenal now. It's probably the only like big big club he's scored against. Um, and it was a huge goal, obviously, the winner in like the 87th minute or something back in the middle of the December period. But he got a few really great sniffs against United in that first game. Didn't play the uh, the, the Carabao Cup game because he was uh, rested and Mishi Batshuayi played and scored, I might add. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's that first game where he has that chance that hits the bar or hits the post like in the first five minutes um, and then... You know, it kind of gets out of our hands, and he has a few chances after that. We're obviously a way better team now than we were then, and I don't think United are that much better. You know, there's the obvious stylistic things, but uh, without Rashford, I don't know if that comes into play as much. Yeah, we'll see what Bruno Fernandez can do. We'll see if Odi Nagalo comes in off the bench. Uh, I kind of, I, I agree with you. The fact that Rashford's not here does make my picking of a draw a little less. I'm less confident in that now that I think about it because 
he has been that guy for them in so many of they've you know up until the loss against Liverpool against the quote unquote top six they hadn't lost and they had a lot of wins in that stretch. They do seem to come up big in these big games, but I don't know if they can do it without Rashford. I was flirting with the draw at plus two seventy. I was flirting with the draw on both the score at plus three seventy. But now the more and more I think about it, I kind of think I might stay away from this. I don't what's, even know if I like the, the over. What's the in Chelsea this. win and both to score? The Chelsea win and both to score is at plus 250. Yeah, take that. Yeah? I think so. All right. I think so. Okay. You know what? Uh, I, I we, didn't look into a better of the week this week, but I'll I'll make that my better of the week. I'll put my all right. I'll put my fake money where my mouth is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where I'm putting my actual money when I share the pot on Instagram. We'll most likely be texting my bookie on my way home right now. Uh and I just want to get into it real quick before we wrap up. Uh Hakim Ziyech from Ajax Heavily rumored today for a forty-five million pound bid from Ajax from Chelsea. To Chelsea, has, it's apparently been uh, apparently been agreed upon. His contract is near near completion. A lot of the notable transfer guys on Twitter have all reported this and texted about it. Alex, how do you feel about this? I, I mean, the way the way you phrased it just then makes it sound like it's not completely done. done. Or like it's yeah. not completely done, like it's basically done, but not completely. But I just before we got on, I saw that Fabrizio Romano, who's you know, oh, yeah. he's he's the Adam Schefter of breaking trends. I was gonna go uh, Wojnarowski. <laughs> I mean, that's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, six to one, half a dozen to another. Sure. Um, the last part of it was obviously well early in the day. It was that Chelsea agreed a fee with Ajax, forty-five million euros or whatever it was, but personal terms hadn't been agreed yet. And then uh, like this evening, like when I got home. Just now, I saw that the personal terms have been agreed, and when Fabrizio Romano says that, you're usually thinking, "Oh, okay, well, that's done." And it kind of came out of nowhere, and you know, it, it's a it's a, a little frustrating that they couldn't get it done in January. Would have been nice, but I'm guessing Ajax are you know he's such an important player to them that they they couldn't let him go. And when they still very much have a chance at Europa League, and they're ahead in the league right now, trying to wrap up their second straight title, um, so it. it it, it's positive news. It's he's a really, really um, classy player. Uh, just use that word. He's, and he's the perfect combination of uh, a classy. I don't want to say luxury player because he's a creative player, but he adds that work rate that you just need out of your forwards in the modern game. Now you you can't have any room for Philippe Coutinho's or. Um, I hate to say it about him because of his age, but Juan Mata, you know, he, he's, he's yep. the kind of player that came just at the tail end and was in his prime just at the tail end of when you could afford to kind of have that purely creative, doesn't really do much work off the ball uh, uh, kind of guy at the at the front uh, line of your midfield when you need to initiate that press when you don't have the ball. ZX, the main thing other than his delivery that you hear people gush about is his work rate and once I started to pick up on that during that Champions League run that they had last season and just noticed not not just him, but the whole, the whole Ajax team last year when they were humming, uh, that's when I was like fully in on him. And, you know, there's some of the doubts that you have about anyone coming from uh, the Dutch league to to uh, the Premier League. But you, when you see it, you see it. And, you know, he's got it. For sure. I'm, I'm super excited about him. And the prospect of him cutting in from the right wing while Reese James is overlapping. His uh, ZX's left foot 
playing in just as good, if not better, uh, crosses from that like slightly different, deeper angle, while Reese James is overlapping and and getting to the byline and crossing balls back uh, back to uh, centrally. It's a great prospect, and it's 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 something I think we could build off of. And he's uh, ZX is versatile enough that you can even drop him into midfield and play two other wingers further up and have him in a more central role. And uh, he he's he's going to be great at unlocking those really deep defenses that we've been struggling against this season. All right, well there you go. Uh, that wraps up another episode of the pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew at asmos ninety two at Javier Rev nine for Javier who had to sit out today and at Ghost Gold Pod. Like, review, subscribe, and until next time, see ya.